0: a special edition of uh red velvet media with the indie cafe and uh normally we open with some music and uh i have to apologize there seems to be another issue with um blog talk radio and my audio files but nonetheless we have a fantastic guest in the studio today phil fight and uh also, my co-host Spencer Drake from New York, and uh, we're going to be talking to Phil a little bit about all the amazing work he's done. And it's really a drag. I'm hoping that these uh, audio files show up because we had a song uh, by Riot, a song by Joan Jett, and also Billy Idol, White Wedding. And uh, um, they will hopefully show up before um, I have to uh, end the show. But We're going to be talking to Phil today about a lot of amazing work and writing he's done and recording he's done with so many um, iconic bands like Riot, Billy Idol, Joan Jett, Adam Baum, uh, Revolver, um, Nick Taylor, and and Nicky Hopkins of the Rolling Stones studio sessions. I mean, there's so many countless. I'll let him tell you a little bit more about it, and uh, with that. I am going to bring Phil into the studio and also my co-host. You can listen to the show afterwards on iTunes and also on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And with that, let me bring Phil in and also Spencer. And again, I apologize to our listeners that we're not able to have any music. So welcome to the show, Phil and Spencer.
1: Yay, here.
0: hey Holly, hey so, Hey, you know hey, what, Phil? I've got a really great i've I've got a really great idea, Phil. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna love this. You got a guitar or something right there. You want to play a song? Uh, no, I don't haven't <laughs> plugged it yet. Oh, that's a good idea.
2: Had I known that, I
1: would have it, it in.
0: Plug it in, space. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Plug it in, since we are I'll lacking plug it in. in the music. And... I'm afraid
2: I'll, I'll scare the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, you know what, Phil? Um, you know, introductions are less than what you can talk about. You've done some amazing, iconic work and written some great music and played with some of the most iconic musicians around, and yeah. especially... Um, We all know White Wedding, and we all know Joan Jett's music and Riot and a lot of the other people. Why don't we just go into it first real quick, Spence, and have Phil introduce himself and talk about how he got into music and how the music scene started with him. Uh, Why don't you go ahead, Phil, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you've done. Yeah,
2: Yeah, so I was born in Manhattan and Mm -hmm. I lived there up until the time I was five, and at that point, it was like um, the uh, early 60s, and then, you know, just by being on the Lower East Side, and even as a five-year-old, I take it in that environment, and the culture um, made an impression on me at that age, but then we moved from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Uh, My parents bought a home Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, but i Always going back and forth between Brooklyn and um, Manhattan because my grandmother and grandfather lived on the Lower East Side. We lived on the same block before I moved to Brooklyn, and my aunt and uncle lived on the Upper West Side. So, being that I was always going back and forth to spend the weekend or just with the grandmother or with the aunt and the uncle, there was an influx of um, uh, music at my aunt and uncle's house because they were listening to everything from, um, you know, Richie Havens to the Chambers Brothers from Bob Dylan oh, wow. I David Field. Just, just, there was so much music circulating in, in their house because they were like the pseudo Upper West Side uh, college students who were listening to like folk rock. So that was one influence that I had been a part of. And then also spending time on the Lower East Side, also coming back in to visit and spend weekends, I was able with my mom to walk about the Lower East Side and pass the Fillmore East, and pass the Electric Circus and taking that period of time, which most people don't realize, well, maybe they do of our age, that it wasn't necessarily a new wave or punk scene. It was more of Haydash, very hippie kind of uh, beatnik hippie vibe, which was an amazing uh, just culturally uh, stimulating, so I took all that in. I was more of an onlooker because I was I was under ten, and by just walking around and seeing the film and seeing the lines and seeing the lights and the electric circus and some of the great you know head shops and record shops and clothing stores like the Naked Grape. Um, I'm really strong my age on all this, but anyway, it, was, it made a big impression. No. On me and um, so then, basically, I became a journeyman and I picked up everything that was related to music. I bought Crawdaddy Magazine. I bought Rolling Stone that was originally a fold-over newspaper, The Village Voice, Hollabaloo, uh, Hit Parade, Downbeat, whatever I can get my hands on to like, explore and look at. And then, of course, going into every record store on 8th Street, because 8th Street was a lot different than it, it is now or even when the new wave and punk scene, and I'm not putting that down because that was a great period also. But, It was a lot of, uh, H Street was more like um, Bourbon Street, if you will. There was a lot of jazz bands playing. Uh, Clubs had the door open. So if you were walking on H Street in the evening, you would hear music coming out into the street. It was just like an an amazing thing for a a child, basically, under 10 years old to take that. So I said, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I feel most comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. um, so then... um, Going back to Brooklyn. Uh, okay, now I I need to start. you so records. Listen to you. Oh yeah. You're I mean, so I was funny. Like, so it, it
3: hit me like and
0: a And guess bug. what? <laughs> Phil, guess what? I've got music now in my studio. So when oh, you're good. done, we're gonna we're gonna play one song, then we're gonna go into more, and then we'll play another song when we end. Okay. Yay! Oh, hey, I good. All I, right. I'm happy I bell. fixed enough. Okay. I no. Okay. <laughs> so I, mention, I actually so, I, mean, I was really I I was a little upset cuz it seems like it's every other show there's an issue with blog talk radio so I don't know what's going on. You know, when fight is here there's no problems eventually it all gets <laughs>
2: straight.
0: I got you. So Phil, I'm sorry. No need to you. fear. I to get you excited. This is great. Oh, I'm excited.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm a very excitable person, so don't worry. <laughs> you, he anyway, sounds
0: just like so, your brother. Your voice. Oh, my brother. Similar.
2: Yes, he. I have to give a shout out to Glenn. I
0: love
4: um, him. Oh. What's going to call? Hey, by the way, Glenn's going to call in. Glenn's going to call in. He is.
0: He's told oh, me yep. he wasn't he going to call. To the dirt. He told me They'll he wasn't going to call. calling in later. I don't know. But if he yep. does call, that's great, Glenn. Call yeah. in. Yeah,
2: he's he's been, he's been always quite a support, and in fact,
1: I
0: love Glenn. He
2: remembers more things than I do because I've done so many things that most people are not aware of. Um, between all the bands you mentioned, but there's been a lot of um, in between things that I did, like Revolver and Diving for Pearls and the band yeah. for The Gift. You know, I've done a lot of things, and I work, I did. An, uh, uh, I produced a uh, CD. Uh, for Denny Colt, back in the day. So I've I yeah. had I had my mm-hmm. a lot of different things, but he remembers everything—the dates, the time, the where, what you did, what right. you did. Oh yeah,
0: I bet thank God.
2: <laughs> he's
0: your biggest here, you know, fan. Plus he's also your brother, so I mean, you know, he's very proud of you. Very, Holly, very. Holly, let's proud play of a you. song.
4: Let's play a song.
0: Okay, play a song. you pick, Bill. Should I play White Wedding? Well, let's play White. First of all, no, let's what, play let's, White Wedding, but let's. What?
2: Which one? Well, I was gonna say let's backtrack a little bit. Let's go from riot. Riot. And yes. Yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. Let's go from riot. So let's the talk about of, that song first, because you wrote that song, right?
2: Yes, I wrote that song when I was, uh oh, god, must have been 16 years old, 17 years old. Um, Rock City. So mm-hmm. what's that? Rock City. Yeah. It's so called Rock City. Uh huh. Rock City, exactly. Which is kind of like. The claim to where I wanted to be in the rock city capital of the world, Manhattan. So oh, wow. um, basically, that song came about when I was in Riot. We were a cover band initially, and it was a three piece band that was going back to like 1973 74. I put that band together with Mark Reel, God Rest His Soul, and Peter Bertelli, fantastic drummer. It was a three piece band. We were, like I said, a cover band, and then time went on, and Peter. Um, said, well, we need to write some songs and we should try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, we'll try again. So we had a couple of songs that we recorded and we put them on a real to real T-Act. And then one thing led to another, more material came about, and Rock City came about. And then I had gone into Manhattan and went to Maxis, Kansas City. And I got a gig at Maxis through Peter Crowley, who was the booking agent at the time. We opened up for the Brats. Mm-hmm. And- and I thought we were playing Madison Square Garden. I think I, I didn't sleep for a week. I was so excited to play there. Oh, you know, that's so cute. Yeah, right it, le- it was a legendary place. So that opened the door for Riot in terms of more gigs in Manhattan. So I really hustled. I personally hustled Riot into Manhattan because that's really what, where I wanted to be. I just didn't want to play. What we were doing prior was uh, dances and block parties. that They were mm-hmm. kind of you known in Brooklyn block parties. Yeah. So then it was time to go into Manhattan. And that led to like Club 82 and it led to a place called Great Gildersleeves. And then uh, at the time, very quickly, and I'm going on about it, but I need, I need to fill you in on all of this. So at the time they were doing compilation records, which was maxs had their own, yeah. CB's had their own, and Club 82 was jumping on the bandwagon. Well, they decided to put us on their compilation album, which was uh, okay. live from Club 82. So then mm-hmm. <clears throat> the dictators were on that Long well, story short, Green Street, who was involved with the project at the recording studio, um, mm-hmm. they decided to pull riot off of that compilation out and do their own do our own record with them. So that's oh, how wow. that oh, nice. Came. Nice. Yeah, so Rock City was part of that and that's how the title came to be. Cool. Okay.
0: Let's play it. So let's play, play it. it. Play away. Rock City. Okay. I love the lyrics. They're great. They're cute. Here we go. Rock City, guys, and we'll be right back. And again, we have Phil Fight and uh, my co host Spencer Drake and me, Holly Stuffy, and we'll be right back. song. Um, so oh, yeah! That's great. Four feet ahead. I love it. It's great. That is really give, good. I have, Phil. Give, I have to give. I have to well, give, thank yeah. you. I
2: have to give a shout out also to um, uh, to Guy Speranza. He's the vocalist on that track. We we were, like I said, we started initially as a three piece, but then Guy came along and he put the you know the icing on the cake. He was just an amazing personality, an amazing voice, and he went on to do um, two other albums two or three other albums prior to that, which I didn't perform on or play on because I moved out of that situation due to, unfortunately, I had contractual um, uh, disagreements. I became sort of disgruntled about the, the management deal because everything was inclusive at Green Street. They had management, they mm-hmm. had the studio, they had publishing. And when they brought out this contract uh, for the record deal, it was like war and peace kind of book. And even at that age, I was like, mm-mm, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. Because they had, they basically own the rights to everything but my shoes. So um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of left Sounds that like situation. From, and uh, I wound up in a band Lionel. called Revolver, which happened to be <laughs> the best situation for me.
0: Wow.
4: Yeah, wait a minute. Wow. Tell me who is in Revolver. That's a very famous group.
2: So, well, in Revolver, yeah, we Revolver had uh, Jay Mahler, who was in a band called The Magic mm-hmm. Tramps. Playing around, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole glam scene with the dolls and the whole lots of 42nd Street and uh, Teenage Lust. Um, So he came from that band, uh, the Magic Tramps. And Paul Sanchez was an amazing studio musician and guitar player. And we had one of the finest drummers, uh, Steve Missel, who had worked with Ted Nugent. So I was in the best company in terms of, like, taking me, me and my playing to the next level because they, it right. was a hard rock band, but it was a more melodic band.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And we
2: were together for, uh, we played all around Manhattan again, um, Great Gildersleeves, and we were together for, I would say, three or four years, and, you know, we, we went to the Midwest and we did touring there, and we, we played all over the place, tried to get a record deal, and we were so close. But no cigar, unfortunately. Oh wow! But we kept we kept going at it and going at it, and we were we were packing out the Gildersleeves on a weekend. We would play there with Bonnie Parker, all the all those bands that would play there. Um, it was just an amazing thing in terms of growth for me. Hey
4: Phil, uh, mm-hmm. tell us the name of the Riot album. Is there? A, can anybody buy this? It's Riot
0: called Riot album. Rock City. It's called
2: Rock City. Okay.
0: Yeah. And who's the record yeah, company? Oh yeah. I saw that. And who was the record uh, It was
2: company? on I was on oh oh an a label called Firesign. I'm okay. sure you can still find it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, sure. That's a power song. I, the guitar riffs are unreal in that song.
5: Well, riff.
2: Mark got like I said, God rest his soul. He you know, when we first got together, I mean, I had had an ad up in a local music store and Peter Battelli mm-hmm. the drummer called me and we went to Mark's house and, I, and he had this Marshall Amplify, which I was like, at that time, I got a Marshall, I got this, I got... But the point was, his playing and his vibe, For, for he was 18 at the time, I was like, wow, this guy is <laughs> really good, he's got a lot of wow. potential. Wow. And adding Guy later on, we we were like an unstoppable band. Yeah, I could see that. Until we got into the whole recording and the contractual contractual stuff, which was completely like, I would been completely broke.
4: <laughs> right, <laughs> You know it's you know, amazing. I I, I I saw this documentary on amazing. um, uh, this mm-hmm. group, uh, the very popular group, and they signed this multi-million dollar contract, and they traveled all over the world, at Phil and and Holly, and they sold millions of records, and um, something Mars, a very famous group, something on Mars or something, and anyway, they 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 owed the company money at the end. They owed the record company money.
2: You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a crazy well, business. Well, the contractual agreement, part of that contractual agreement that kind of turned me off was like, if I was to step out and do anything else, from what I remember, it was like they they would get a piece of that. So right. it was just, it was so, mis- it was so conscrued, like to the point where like, you know, it was these hungry young kids from Brooklyn, and you know, they were really good, they had a great singer, they had a great vibe, great energy, but... I was like, you know what, I'm not signing this deal. And I think the other guys were just, well, it's the only thing we can kind of do to get forward. And they did, but, and they went on to do great records. And they went on to do, they toured with Mm. Sammy Hager. They toured with ACDC. They toured with, um, who was the cult? It wasn't like they sat around. They made many, many records after that. And they continued on. That's good.
0: You know, what I really find, Phil, about, you know some a lot of the things that you've done which i after reading your bio and then doing more of my own research and talking to some of the people that you've you know actually done work with um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know you're you have such a broad um spectrum of different types of sound and and i'm going to tell you there were a lot of people that were really happy that you were going to be on the show so for everyone listening um because I see a lot of live people listening right now, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. If you want I to call too. in, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long quick. overdue. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to call in, it's three four seven six seven seven one zero three six. And, uh, I'll answer any Chatton questions as long as they're not X-rated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. The names I have to be really changed much, to
2: protect the guilty. No,
0: yeah, no, no, no. We don't. We don't go there. You know, I I let people tell as much as they want on on the air. And Spencer knows this. I mean, I don't push it. I people tell me more, and they, when no. I when I finished interviews, some people tell me, "God, you know more about me than my own mother does." <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God.
2: Well, you did your research. That's a great thing. Hey,
0: listen, I know Spencer.
2: I know Spencer for Mm -hmm. a long, long time because he was involved with Glenn Krebs.
4: I got to tell you how we got in. Glenn is in front of my house with Phil one day, Collie, and there's Phil. Mm -hmm. And I said, I go outside and start talking with Phil. I start talking with Glenn, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to have Phil on the show. I mean, it it was such a connection. It was unbelievable, and that's how he's here. But, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the other thing. What's interesting Phil is a bass guitarist right Phil you're a bass guitarist right yes and so and so Jack Bruce was a big thing in your life right of course jack bruce. yes
2: well i would just like to give you know uh, tell you about my my influences as far as bass players i mean yeah. i was yeah. you know uh, jack Mentor. bruce uh tim bogart felix papalotti mm. Um, wow. And, of course, my dear friend who I listen to, Kenny Aronson. I have to give yeah. kudos and shout-out to Kenny. He's mm-hmm. been a big influence on my play. Um, I know he's probably figuring if he's listening, it's, oh, God, Phil. <laughs> because we're now friends. We're buddies now. And I, but yeah, yeah. I really respect him a lot. Yeah.
0: How did um, you make the segue into um, – I know that you were telling your thing, and then I, we got excited about, you know, having the music – how did you get involved and introduced to Joan? And then how did the Billy Idol thing come about? I want to know about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the Billy Idol thing came about um, because I was in the band Revolver. The drummer Steve mm-hmm. Missile, he had a rehearsal mm-hmm. studio in the music building on 38th Street. Okay, and Billy and Steve Missile and Steve Stevens were in that rehearsal space that Steve owned and ran. And they were going through series of bass players. And mm-hmm. what had happened was Steve Missile said, he actually referred me. He said, listen, I work with this guy, Phil. He's a straight ahead rock. I, he's, he's into T-Rex. He's into this. He's into the dolls. He's into heavy <laughs> stuff. He's like, has such a wide variety of music. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Montrose to Iggy. You know, I love all that stuff. I don't pigeon my, myself into any like one genre. Anyway, so, I went in for the audition and it, we just it was just magic. It was we played. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, the audition was amazing. And and Steve was there. He had he his rig, his sound was like breathtaking. And Billy's appearance and Billy's vibe. So what we did was. I'll tell you, I'll try to make this really quick because it's pretty long, but I'll make it quick. No, so, no,
0: no, uh, we have time. We have time. Don't worry.
2: Yeah, no, amazingly what had happened this was... This is your show. You know, I walked your in show. and I was like, okay. okay, I love these guys. And I had seen Billy Idol on... Um, it's funny because my wife and I were watching Solid Gold and this mm-hmm. was even before the audition. And he was doing Money, Money. I think that was when Don't Stop was... The Don't Stop EP was released, and my wife said, mm-hmm. "Wow, you'd really work well with this guy." And lo and behold, I got the audition. I got to go in audition. Wow! So when I got to the studio, we basically was like a very imp impromptu. Um, we played like Shaken All Over by the Who. We played L.A. Woman, some covers, and then we went into Moni Moni, and then we went into Dancing with Myself, and then we went into Untouchables. And you know, it wasn't. I felt like Well, I wasn't leaving. They weren't like, okay, Phil, that's good. Thank you very much. I continued to stay on, which happened to be, seemed like about two hours or maybe longer. And it was just, we started talking about bands and influences. We like mopped the hoop. You know, uh, a lot of the punk scene. I like the the pistols, the clash, the damned. So Billy was Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think he was like interested in the fact that I came from that kind of open-minded and that kind of background because I read melody maker and NME and all that so I was you know the guys in Ride. I, I kind of kept that on the side because I I knew they weren't kind of keen on all that glam rock sort of thing I was trying to be like macho montrose and zeppelin mm-hmm. but um but I was sneaking into the city <laughs> going to see all that other stuff because I knew there was a whole other world of music that I really yeah. you know the dolls were amazing I mm-hmm. saw them at the hotel diplomat I saw them at the mercer Arts center and I said Oh my god, there's a whole other world of like art and music and vibe. And I always go oh, for yeah. the vibe. Like Chrissy Hind, I love Iggy Pop, Lou Reed. To me and Billy fit into that like a glove. So it was it was meant to be. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, So you how know. about Joan would, Jett? And,
4: How'd you get into Joan
2: Jett?
0: That's okay, really cool.
2: Joan so okay, so with Joan Jett, um Tommy Price, who I had known mm-hmm. from the just the circle of people because I was involved with Libra and Krebs, and I was involved with a coin. I knew all the people at a coin management, uh, Carol Childs, and I knew everybody at uh, Libra Krebs, Paul O'Neill, uh, Lewis Levin. And uh, basically what had happened was uh, Tommy Price had called me. It was a, I'll never forget this. It was a Sunday evening. My wife and I were just hanging watching TV and I get this phone call and, hey, it's Tommy. Oh, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? I said, well, I'm in between gigs right now. He goes, well, how would you feel about coming down to audition for Joan? I was like, okay, what's going on? So <laughs> well, what happened great. was, yeah, so what basically what happened was they were out on tour. And they did the first mm-hmm. leg of their tour. But their bass player Chasm, who I respect tremendously, he's a great bass player, great vocalist. He had um an he had an audition for another band, which I'll tell you, he had to audition for Hall of Notes. And, Oates. and wow. then he went off to do that. Oh, wow. So they were kinda of, yeah, so they were kind of stuck. Um this is a tour story I was told, but they anyway, they were kind of stuck for a bass player. And I said, yeah. So what happened was That's that great. Monday morning, you know, I had gotten through a messenger service. They sent me like everything: the set list, cassettes, oh wow, uh, live,
6: cool. all kinds, great. all kinds of
2: stuff pertaining mm-hmm. to the yeah. live performances. Right. Um, and I just worked on it diligently for like for Monday, Monday. Now, I don't think I slept for for like two or three days, and my audition (laughs) with Joan was, I mean, I was making notes and whatever, my audition with Joan was at SIR on 54th Street in the soundstage, Mm -hmm. and again, I I went there, Ricky Bird was there, and Tommy was there, and I I knew I had some allies because I'd known Ricky because he'd been in a band called Susan that played Great Gildersleeves, and of course I knew Tommy because Tommy and I this is a little, a little tidbit, and, and maybe Tommy would remember this. He, We had a band together for maybe two or three gigs, and we called ourselves the Bats. This mm-hmm. is really he like... He talked about that. Like, we
0: just had him on like a week we ago. We just had him on, A couple Phil.
4: weeks ago. He had a new yeah. album out. He's got a great out? album out, by the way. He's got oh, a great I album. Out. He's
2: a, he's he's a great drummer that's funny. and he's yeah. just a Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he had this he had this band in between Joan Jet. I guess it was a bit mm-hmm. of a lull. Um and he just said, You wanna do this gig with me and my my friend? And it's like two gigs. So that's how we got to play together. So then he went nope. back to Joan mm-hmm. and whatever else happened. And then months and months later, he had called me, like I said, and he said, you know if you want to come down audition. So like I said, I went through all the material, learned the segues. It was very easy because, you know, the songs I had heard on the radio. So it was like, not it was almost like being in a cover band. I was so familiar with, I love rock and roll. I hate myself for loving you and all Mm -hmm. these songs. But the tricky part was to learn the segues. So anyway, long story short, went to SAR, went to the soundstage, Kenny Laguna, the whole crew was there. And we basically jammed on a few things and then we went into I love rock and roll and we went into Crimson and Clover and we went into some other things and we pretty much tried to run some of the songs in the set and yeah. I knew that things were going good because again it wasn't like okay Phil thanks a lot we'll call you, don't call us kind of thing. <laughs> but they kept me there. So yeah. after the audition I remember being in the lounge area and Kenny Laguna said, Well, if you want it it's yours. So Yay I Good. Yeah, yeah. So the catch, we goes, well, there's just one catch. We have a gig in Yakima, Washington, at an outdoor fair <laughs> Friday night. Now, I auditioned on with yeah, them yeah. on a Wednesday. So I had to do <laughs> oh, a two-hour show and be ready to go out to Yakima, Washington, to play in front of how many you people. I, you know, it was, it was amazing, but I pulled it yep. off. But I did have help. I did have this, the cues from Tommy, the eyes cueing me from Ricky, so they kind of like helped me along to get the ball rolling. Right. And then, of course, it's it all Yeah. Yeah.
0: So hey, then you know what? The, we have, I have that song Backlash for you, if you want me to play, play, play it. it when you're done. Play it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Play it, you know, I, I just, gotta well, give, well, I I I just have to give you a little
0: you. I'm sorry. I have I to give you a little you.
2: insight on that. That's Paul yeah. Westerberg is on that track. Yeah. Okay. From the replay. And, so listen, um, hey,
4: Hey, Phil, I designed, by the way, i got to cut in because I designed that album, Backlash, with uh, Carrie Ann Brinkman.
2: Oh, so you're the culprit with all those beads in the front. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: well, you all know, I've always loved your work. I've always loved Spencer's artwork. I mean, oh, his design you. work. That's very nice. Especially, What's on the front? he what knows this, it? the David Beans? Johansson Spanish rocket ship.
4: Yes! Oh my God, that's such a great album cover that David LaChapelle shot. It was in a lot of won a lot of design awards, and I always hear about that album. But I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great cover. But Joan's cover is interesting. I mean, when I work with Joan, she's always we've had great album covers with her, and uh, they oh, they always gave us great visuals, you know. Or uh, I found great visuals. They're very easy. Now, did to work you do with. the
2: Hit List also? Uh, No, I
4: did. I did about five, six albums. Plus, I did Cherry Bomb, that 12 inch. I did a lot of cool stuff. Um,
2: You. you Album album is probably the most famous, the
4: Jump Shot cover with the yellow background. You know that that's that's a classic. That's a major show. And and some of these covers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame collection with Judith and I and. uh, yeah, Kenny was always a good guy, right? I mean, Phil, he was always like there. I mean, he's like family. When you're in the family, right? You're like in the family. I so we still oh, are Kenny in the was family. Amazing. In the...
2: Kenny and Bill yeah, right? were like they were like they were like more than management. They were like mom and dad, you know, if you had any yeah, problems exactly. situation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they were there twenty four seven. I mean, I could say that they were very much in the same vein as Bill Coin. Bill was like, yep. he was not a nine-to-five manager. He was like, you're out on the road, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night, Sunday night. You call him, there's an issue. He got on the phone with you. So And Kenny and Merrill were the same way. Yeah. You want to hear
4: a, I, I got to tell you a funny story, though. I was working on an album, and the check wasn't coming in for a while. And I call up, you know, and they always gave me this nice thing. They were very nice to me. Kenny calls me up out of the blue and says, Spencer, I hear you're having a hard time with your collecting your check. I'm going to tell you how to get your check from Steve Lieber. Now, the story is Lieber Krebs. If you know Steve Lieber, he was very intimidating. I mean, I was afraid to talk to him. He had that very stand-away-from-me attitude, you know what I mean? And so, but Kenny told me all the things to say to him the next day, and, uh, and Dursky and Schindler just cut me a check the same day. But before that, it was crazy. But that's the way Kenny is. You know, he'd always come back. He always take care of you, um, and, and and like you say, you know his family. I mean, he's like a very – he still is. I mean, we're still – Carrie Ann now is doing a lot of stuff. Uh, she's and that's got older. the daughter, right? Yeah, and, and she's involved with – we had Kevin Kerslake on with the Bad Reputation movie on weeks ago, Holly and I, and mm-hmm.
0: that's a great film
4: that's coming out. We had – I think we had the first radio interview on that show, to tell you the truth, because
0: – Yeah, we four. did, and it was so yeah. funny because when I went to the show <laughs> – um, that we, that, you know, those days when they were out here, they played, they talked about yeah. the movie before it came out and played the <laughs> song, Bad Reputation. And it was so mm-hmm. cool. And I was thinking, oh my God, I just have this on the radio. We were just talking about the movie and here I am watching <laughs> her play it, you know, yeah, right. Yeah. great. Mean,
2: it's a small, you know, it's a small knit of people in, at that point mm-hmm. in the industry. Like I said, everybody knew Libra Krebs and everybody knew a coin management. It was like an intermingled. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did, basically, yeah. there was no social media. You went socializing at Max's or you went socializing Club 82, oh, yeah. wherever it might be, the Lone Star. You went out. So you always were running into people. And um, I even remember when Carol K worked for, before it was called a coin management. It was called right. Rock Daddy. Oh, okay. Wow. Carol?
4: Yeah, so Carol? I go back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carol. I love A friend Carol. Carol Kay. Holly and
0: I are very good friends Carol, with Carol. Carol, I want to give a shout out to Carol. Even though Hi, Carol. she didn't book the <laughs> show, Carol has is working on some fantastic projects right now and uh, we really love you know her helping us at Chaos Entertainment yeah, and very good. Uh, You know, her and Shannon are both just always helping us get really amazing people. You know, Carol's definitely
2: a veteran. She's a veteran, and there's nobody that she doesn't know. Um, She's very humble. She's very sweet and very humble. Yes. But she she really, she knows, like, everybody.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I saw that great picture of her and Paul McCartney and, uh, who was it recently? Um, somebody that I know that I didn't know she knew. It was, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was. She just recently went to a concert. And it was like, I was like, whoa, I can't believe it. It's great, you know, because it's so under under the tape, uh, you know. Like, you just never expect people to know each other. And it's such a small world. They think the music well, you know industry is so it was big. Coming from that... And it's not. Well, Spencer,
2: Spencer could kind of, you know, point in on this big but um you know at that point it was it was tightly knitted because like i said you went yeah. to maxis you had the maxis crowd you went to wherever you were going trudi Hellas oh. or you wh- whatever it might be you you were out and about and so all these people were out and about and you would run into people continuously so right. we were like oh i remember oh. you and it was just a nice community it was an amazing community of people And Mm -hmm. where you playing? I'm playing Max's. Where you playing? I'm playing here. I'm playing there. And people went
0: CBGBs, yeah, wherever. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: CBGBs. I remember playing there before they extended it.
4: And then then you had you had the Ritz, Ritz, right? And you had Club Fifty Two. You got the Mud Club. You had it was amazing. And the way and the bottom line, you you had. You had so island? many. Yeah. Uh, you had so many clubs. I used to bop around every night. I mean, I do. I go to Max's, then I go to Mud Club, maybe I go to, and you know the club. You know this. Phil. the clubs were open to early in the morning in those days. Oh early yeah. In the morning. I mean, we right? would
2: go to danceateria. Yeah. Hang out right. There. I mean, and 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 then go to well, <laughs> we would go to the to AMPM or Berlin. Oh yeah. And those right. clubs, That's those places, awesome. open at four, and you don't leave till mm-hmm. ten in the morning. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) you know I want to I wanted to say something really quickly about this you first brought up the social network thing and then you brought up max's first of all max's um spencer and I are extended family members of uh of the uh max's kansas city That's right. so there's some things coming up with max's with yvonne that's right that we'll talk about later yeah but Mm -hmm. I wanted to say something you brought up the social network thing that is so interesting um you know, I was talking the other day to somebody about this, and we all said to each other, what did we do before we all had cell phones and, uh, you know, <laughs> um, uh, social networks and this totally and that? We world. went out. We talked. You know what? I'll tell you were how. We were there face-to-face. We were forced. I hate it. I don't mean to interrupt, but we were
2: forced to go out. No, you out. didn't interrupt. If you didn't go out, yeah. you Skype. You couldn't just make up some yeah. cockamamie stuff that you would do, and this and that and the other thing. You had to go out. You had right. to be seen. You had to go downstairs true. at Max's, make your way upstairs to see the Heartbreakers or Wayne County <laughs> right. or whomever. You mm-hmm. know, and it was just—it was a communal thing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: it's true. I mean the I I remember so deal, many nights at Max's you know? it was incredible. Max's was incredible. I mean it just has
2: mm-hmm. and Yvonne
4: Sewell who Holly and I know, I've been I've known Yvonne for years, of, uh the, she's Yvonne's
2: putting great. Together,
4: she's trying to put it, together a film, you know, on Max's right now mm-hmm. as we're talking. And it's sort of well, gonna Yeah. You know, I hope that comes well, about Well you know
2: you know Laura Dean um and her husband ran that. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah they were um, they were just amazing people i would go there and i would and i was like i don't know 16 when i first played there and i'd walk up to, upstairs and i'd see i either what was his name uh but i know Laura dean was the his his wife but anyway he would go oh go in go in you don't have to pay just go in and i'm like david <laughs> Did you see Andy you
0: were there Andy
2: Andy Warhol, i seen him. He he always, well, you know what? I I would run into Andy Warhol downstairs in the back room. Mm -hmm. Because downstairs they had food and had a jukebox. And so I would Mm -hmm. go in the back room, and Johnny Thunders would come strolling in. And I'll I'll tell you a quick funny story. I was sitting back there with a couple of people. Oh, yeah, this is a great story with Johnny Thunders. So I was sitting in, in the back room. Uh, Max's, it was kind of like a private room if you will and you know we'd have Andy Warhol, you'd have whomever else, John Cale would be back there, maybe Patti Smith would pop in and uh, so one night we are all sitting back there having a cocktail and who comes barging in? It's Johnny Thunders and he goes, oh. you all mm-hmm. think you're a bunch of pop stars and, <laughs> just, and he just <laughs> strolled in and strolled out <laughs> well wow, no. that's, that's funny. It's a great story. Did
4: you see great Lou Reed story. There I got to be friendly with
0: him. Did What's you that? ever get to see Lou did you ever get to see Lou there or uh any uh Actually, da- David Bowie and stuff? Bowie? Um,
2: no, I no, I never saw uh Lou Reed or the Velvet Underground there, but I did run mm-hmm. into Lou Reed on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. I, I Oh nice. Visiting with my brother, and I maybe was going on my way on my way home. I don't know where, but I saw him, and I went and I just kind of introduced myself. But he was kind of perplexed a little bit, so he was he was he had his, his he he had his place to where he needed to be. So it was a very short kind of like conversation. I mean, Lou, it was, it was, it was, you
4: know, J- Judith and I designed two major albums for Lou: Magic and Lost in New York album, and working on it, and a Velvet Underground with uh, and with Sylvia Reed. But it was like Lou was very. A very dark person, and he's very—he uh, could get very unapproachable. And when I first met In him, I, was, I met him too, Phil, <laughs> on the Upper <laughs> West Side. This is the first mm-hmm. time I ran into him before I worked with him, and it, and mm-hmm. it happened that I had I saw him on the street and I said, listen, I got nothing to lose. I give him my card, you know, like <laughs> you know, I say, hey, wh- whatever. And I said, love to design for you, that's it. And he sort of like looked at me and he took the card. and Never saw him again. And then Wearing Abbott called me up and photographed New York and said, Spence, Lou needs a designer. Why don't you, and Judah, send your portfolio down? And that's how it all started with that. But. Lou was a very and those hard, very are unapproachable for a lot of people. Iconic. You know what I mean? He had a They're very dark covers. side to him. You know?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely had his moments. Sometimes I, 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 I could see he had a darker side to him, and you know, the album Berlin kind of like shows that in a very yeah, intense right. way. You hey, know, but Phil,
0: I, you I, got know, a, I, I got a statement d- for you. We all have our moments, right?
4: Right. Oh, <laughs> I, mean, I you do too. to I got to complete the story because Lou became friendly with Judith and I, very close with us, towards later in life. Yeah. You know, like years mm-hmm. later, that's funny. And we would be invited, and he talked with us, and he loved Judith's slides that he did for the Magic and Wine uh, Laws tour. And he and I saw him at a restaurant. He said we were the best designers he ever had. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he opened up, and but you know back and forth you know it'd be different scenes we go there and could tell he didn't want to talk to people and then there'd be a scene where he was. but he had a, a very strange demeanor you know but people had to understand where he came from you know he was a very different you know that's phil he was and well, Holly, he was you a know, very you know, private different.
2: person exactly exactly he was, exactly. He was so, a very private person and he really didn't like everybody he 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 was leery of people asking him not you or i but just in general stupid questions
4: Exactly. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. I mean, he threw writers and interviews out the window. The only person that could really talk to him, believe it or not, was Anthony DeCurtis. Well, Judith and I are in a Lou Reed book with Sylvia Reed, and Anthony, he loved. He loved talking to Anthony on interviews. But other than that, most of your reviewers he didn't want to talk to.
2: You know, yeah. He wasn't. seen mm-hmm. a lot of the journalists. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But Anthony was a great. I mean, he wrote, he wrote for Rolling Stone. I mean, he he but really. We had him
0: on the show. He, yeah. yeah we fun. did. He's
2: a great guy. I know him. He's a great yep. guy. Yeah. He's. A, you know, he's, he, he's like him, like very and nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Very nice. So very if any, by the way, if anybody's things.
2: out there,
4: you got to get the Lou Reed a, a life book that Judith and I are in with mm-hmm. Sylvie Reed, and uh, but he's an um, amazing person and. Amazing writer, you know this, A uh, New York Times best selling writer with a Clive Davis book. Uh but mm-hmm. he, yeah, he's an exceptional writer though. I mean uh, being a book by him is like you're you're on the paramount of God or something, you know, in music. You know I mean? Well funny. I gotta tell
2: you, he's I was funny. very on it and I have to give a shout out and a plug to Lydia Chris. Her oh. book. hmm She she wrote a she had a book put out a couple of years back and I got a nice mention in that. So Aww.
4: Oh, that's nice. Yeah,
2: so I got to give a shout out to Lydia. She has this. Um, the title eludes me. She's going to completely go crazy that I forgot the title. But nevertheless, it's only one book, and she, the book is amazing. The pictures, wow. the story. She, yeah, that's yeah. So I have to give a shout out to uh,
0: Lydia. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You know what I really love are these books that really have. Fantastic photography in it, and we work with so many different photographers. Oh, yeah, we're gonna get into that a little bit later. But there are so many amazing, iconic photos that we have. Um, you know, mm-hmm. spoken to a lot of these different photographers, and the stories that go along with these photos are just out the I mean, off the charts, crazy. Some of them, I mean, it's great, you know. I mean, I mean well, Bob Gruen. The Bob, yeah, we just I had. Like Bo- the- I
4: went to see Bob Gruen interview last night uh, by Stephen Blush. I got to put a, a little thing out there with Tony Mann and Stephen Blush, who and they've all been on our show, by the way. Uh, but and Tony, uh, yeah. it was a great interview, and there was so many and stories. Man. And I've known yeah. Bob from the beginning. I worked with his photographs. There were so many stories he told last night I'd never heard before. It's amazing, and and they're all about photography. How he works with people uh, and and the people he worked with, how they were, and it was just an incredible night last night. I got to tell you, and um, but you know, so photo- Holly, you know, photography. We've had a lot of great photography. We had oh yeah, with no, no, on. no,
0: Chris Stein. We had now. on with Chris it's Stein
4: was Blondie book. Yeah. I mean, Chris has shot Blondie all his life. Uh, Debbie it's,
0: and yeah, it's
2: it's a great book. It's
0: great. Photo book. What I yeah. really like. Well, I've always i always now like.
2: like you know Bob Gruen, and I've liked Norman Seif, mm-hmm. and I've liked yeah, Evans, right. And I've liked you know Norman Seif did a lot of that um, shaded kind of filtery looking yeah, yeah. a Simon album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: it
2: was a beautiful small But
0: you know like what's that. really cool? But Phil, so you know what's really cool? Are a lot of the artists now are take are uh, with the social media. Here we go again. Right. Are, taking a lot of photos and they're very cool because moment you have to be there. moment photos that they're putting out and uh, I really have a pure, pure appreciation for that because you know it's like taking a photo and capturing a moment it, it kinda makes it timeless. the
4: Holly, a point that you put there is very well taken because you you and I mm-hmm. I said, Holly's photographs are really great by the way. And I've taken great photography and well, we appreciate photography. But but something Bob said last night which is tied into what Holly just said, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. He they asked him about they said, How do you feel about people on the cell phone doing these photographs? And he said, You know what? I like the fact that that people are doing it, just the fact that they're doing it, and 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 just bringing photography into their life, and are doing it. and mm-hmm. How can you not like that? You know what I mean. You you want to be like that. You you you, know, you, you like doing that. You know what I mean. So well, that was sure. how brought up. You brought have to admit point, those
2: Holly. those photographers. You know Bob Gruen, the, the whole John Lennon thing, and the Dolls documentary, and he yeah. captured the New York spirit. But then on the flip side. Um, Mick Rock, the raw power cover, mm-hmm. I mean, the Bowie right. stuff, right. I mean, amazing, amazing. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mick,
4: I did a, Mick, I did a very iconic cover, which is very famous, End of the Century with the Ramones. I designed that cover. I and love
2: that. Yeah, and
4: his work, a, oh, yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, his work, and you know, it's funny, it's a great story because that's the only cover where you don't see the Ramones in leather jackets, and he did a shoot with leather jackets for that cover. But what happened was the color T-shirt thing, which was such an incredible better photograph. If you look at the tube by the way, compare it. That became mm-hmm. the cover, and it was a whole different image. Mm-hmm. For, it made them. It crossed them over into more of a uh, acceptance of society, you know, because without the leather jackets, they cross over mm-hmm.
2: into another market. Right, but that. I yeah. think at that point, Spencer. I think what um, Phil Spector producing that record. Um, yeah. I think they were hoping to maybe move Phil. into the <laughs> suburbs and the mainstream. And, you know, right, get a exactly. Little bit more.
4: Got it. Right there, Phil. Got it right there.
2: Right. But nevertheless, you, could, you cannot take away the, the, the Bowery, the CBGBs, Joey's thing. You know I auditioned for the Ramones?
4: Oh, you did? Really? Wow. Great yeah. Really?
2: Um, Monty, oh. Monty, who I knew. Yeah, well, right, Monty he, Melnick, our friend Monty. Yeah, Collins. he, he Monty. had gotten in touch with me.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah, we
2: love Monty. I love um, you. So he had, Monty. He, he had gotten in touch with me, and he said, listen, why don't you come down and audition for the Ramones? So I said, you know, I don't think my look would fit in with them into my, to myself. But you know what? I yeah. went. I went great. and I auditioned, and I remember that Joey was on crutches at the time. He was at SIR, oh and I great. ran through these songs, and I said to myself, wow. God, these songs are a lot harder to play than, you know, because everything is three minutes and they go, all go into each other. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> I'm right. like, what song is what? <laughs> but I had a great time, and I really enjoyed, you know, working. I know Mark, uh, Marky Ramon, and right. he was, well, he was Mark Bell, and he was in a band called Dust which is going back again. Um so I know him from Brooklyn. Wow. He's another great drummer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, a you know it's Phil.
4: interesting cuz Mark and I uh we go back and forth every so often on email or whatever and he he know but he's a really nice guy. Really loves our design too uh, what we mm-hmm. do with Durham, But, but mm-hmm. Marky is the power drummer, right? Phil and I saw him play He's a real power drummer. I mean, really heavy drummer. I love that stuff. You know what I mean? The way well, like I
2: said, my first introduction to seeing him... Uh, it was, Okay, This is, I'm going to flash back a bit. Um, Prospect Park uh, in the 70s, they had a band show. And it was, it was Dust opening up for a band called Flash. Mm. And now well. Flash was... Um, the guitar player in F- Flash was his name was Pete Banks. He was the original guitar player in Yes before Steve Howe came in. Oh wow! But he had oh this, wow! They, Flash only re- Flash story. only right. did like three albums, and so my int- my introduction to to Kenny or to uh, to Mark was that gig. And I said these two guys and Richie Weiss went on to produce Kiss. You know Kenny Kern and Richie Weiss, but Mark was like a powerhouse, I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> what I want to do. I want to work with these guys, you know. Yeah, right. I want to learn <laughs> from these guys. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, Mark is the star. And then he went out to play with um, Richard Hell. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. Yeah, he was in the Voidoids. He was in the Voidoids with Richard Hell, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm trying to get I Ivan don't... Julian on our show again. We had him on. Holly and I had him on before. I'm trying to get him on now, to book him right now. He went, actually, I booked him. What am I talking about? I already booked him. It's on our schedule. But uh, mm-hmm. Ivan Julian from uh, from The Voidoids, you know. Ivan, I sure. did the Outsets album cover also. Um, I did Richard Hill's first album with them on it, but I worked on that. Is uh, that
2: the album I'm that first. has the Blank Generation?
4: Yeah, but it's one of the first albums I worked on. I didn't, I do a great, It was the beginning, when I started working with Cyrus, so they gave me, like, do the inner sleeve, you know, <laughs> and then later, I would end up doing the covers, you know what I mean, like, but, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, and that was and really... And then you
2: did the cover for Adam Baum, you did, well, you did the... I did the, the Japan, uh,
4: we, yeah, I did the cover did, for Adam right. Baum, Holly, I did the cover for Adam Baum in Japan, i never forget that, I forgot it, was it. It's like oh, that's
2: funny. It was two separate releases with two, I mean, not two separate releases, but two different covers. Right. Yeah,
5: exactly. Expensive
2: did, you had all that little lace going on to make it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. Very oh, cool. Oh, thank you.
4: Yeah, Adam Baum. And by the way, if you don't know, Adam Baum is a great, really right, really great musician. I've seen him live a number of times. I just saw him well, in New York. Me, he had a thing in New York uh, months ago. I went to, but uh, down at, uh, Oh, you know that church downtown. Um, he had a thing. Anyway, he had this limelight. Yeah, and he was. But he's. Re- he looks the same, you know. He looks the same with the hair. But he's a great well, musician.
2: I mean, I, I have love to give to a shout out play. to Adam. You know, I have yeah. to really give a much respect and shout out to Adam. Um,
5: yeah. I worked with him
2: for almost for, for three years. He was managed uh-huh. by David Krebs. And how I got that gig. If I can elaborate on this a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Again, knowing yeah. all the people between management companies, um, Dennis Markov, which you probably know, he worked for Krebs. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Dennis, I still talk to Dennis, yeah, on email. Okay. On email. So, because I was involved with the. Before Adam Bomb, I was involved with a, one of David's other acts called The End, and that mm. had guitar player singer named Jeff Ross. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that really. You know, that sort of – we played the China Club and eh, sort of fizzled out. But mm. I got to know the people at the office. So Dennis Markov called me and he goes, listen, there's this kid that just came in from Seattle. I think you would be a great fit with him. You wow. got to come to my apartment. And Adam was staying in Dennis's apartment. So oh, wow. Wow. I went up to the apartment and just Adam's demeanor and his – he was, like, to me, he was really the real deal, even at that young age. He took out a flying mm-hmm. D and he started playing every song unplugged. And note for note, the, mm. the the chords were just not just these silly power chords. He had great inversions and mm. he was very melodic. And I'm like, okay, this is this could be really good. So then we put the band together with Greg Gerson. Uh, he was involved with that. And then we got Jimmy Crespo involved in that. and. You know, I'll try to condense it all. We basically did some gigs, and then we showcased at SIR. David mm. set up the showcase at wow. SIR um, for, this was an amazing evening. We showcased for Jeez. Geffen, Carol Childs, and oh we showcased God. for Polygram, um, Derek Shulman. And yeah. that night, after that showcase, we had gotten, I mean, David was there representing, Krebs was there representing, we had gotten an offer from both labels.
4: Oh my God. That night.
2: Wow. Yeah. And which was kind of unheard of to have like a bidding war in SR. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> that's what you want.
2: <laughs> and so, I mean, the band was super hot at the time. It was really, really super hot. Wow. And we went with the Geffen deal, um, Carol Childs, and then we went out to LA and we started gigging and Fatal, Tra- Fatal Attraction was released on Geffen. And a lot of that record was done prior to um, even him putting a band together. But we, Jimmy and I, did play on SST and some other tracks. So, mm-hmm. and he had Cliff, uh, Cliff Bernstein from ACDC, and Chuck Roth played on that. It was a great record. Mm. And wow. Yeah. And so basically, we we toured. We opened up for Metallica. We op- opened up for the for uh, and. You know, then we did another record. We went out to Jacob's studio, which was in Farnham in London. It was a residential studio. We did an album called Pure Sex, which we were fortunate enough to have Sonny and Sue, who sang on a lot of the Mata Hoople stuff. They came in, and they sang on that. Mm. And uh, and it's a funny story because it was, a, like I said, a residential studio with two um, studios on one end of the house and the other one on the other end. But in the other studio was Steel Pulse, and they were recording their record so you can imagine, oh, I love
0: Steel Pulse. Adam and Steel yeah. Pulse. yeah, they're good.
2: We going in between, and
0: actually, yeah, Adam playing on some a lot. Of the Steel
2: Pole stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. So that record came out.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's and great. And
2: it, you know, it did that's what it true. did, and we, and then it sort of was a bit of a lull after that when we came back, and and then, um. I went on to do a couple of other things, and so, but yeah, the Adam Bomb thing, and I have to give a lot of kudos. Adam has grown as a songwriter. His guitar playing has always been dead spot on. I mean, right. he's just yeah. Sorry, Adam. You know, I have to give you the shout out. But you
6: really.
4: <laughs> he has a he has a guitar, Holly, that lights up with light bulbs, Holly. It's like oh, really? it's like, yeah, it's like a Christmas tree, Holly. It's like he oh, plays and the lights. Flicker on and I mean it's unreal to watch. It's like a whole show, who,
0: right? Who customized it for him? What kind of guitar is it? Who I don't know. That? He's had uh, it for years,
2: but
4: it's a light. The lights go on. He
2: That's primarily uses about. a. Uh, it's a special Les Paul yep. uh, Junior special. Yeah, a yeah, Les yeah, Pulse? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Which he had, which, we, which he bought in L.A. and then he had it re- refinished into a pepto pink color.
4: <laughs> you know. You know what's but interesting hey, that, about oh, wow. Adam. The thing that's interesting about Adam, he's you know a lot in Europe. If you know him, he's a lot in Europe. He hardly comes here. But a lot of people don't know unless you, you and I, Phil or Holly, or people in the music business know about him. But most people won't know about him, right? Because he doesn't advertise. He doesn't really play that much here. He's more into Europe. Uh, he plays well, there. Well,
2: you know, he gave it. He, we gave it um, many years in terms of being in the states. Yeah. And then, for whatever reasons, you know, things happen in the industry. People change, personnel changes at record companies.
3: So, yeah.
2: you know, his other alternative basically was to go to um, to Europe and be then do the Chuck Berry thing, where he would just, you know, kudos to him, he would pick up the guitar and just get on a plane and go and put a band together there. Right. Hey, right. Okay,
0: somebody's calling in. Or, um, let's see who it is. Hold on a second. Len. I don't know. Let's see. Eight three zero. You're on the air. Who's this? Right, right. Hello. Glenn, Glenn. Hello. Whoever it is, we got the radio playing in the background. Who is this? Yeah. Hello, Glenn. Hello. Hello. Who is it? Hello. Who's on
1: fourth?
2: <laughs> yes. What's on second?
1: <laughs> Who is that? Glenn, is... it's Glenn, Holly. No, oh, it's not Glenn. Glenn. Tell, it's
7: tell Phil, tell Phil it's Peter Batelli
1: you're,
2: Oh my God, oh, I'm you're sorry. Peter,
7: oh, great. oh my God, Peter. I, <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay,
2: so Peter was in Riot. He and I and Mark, we put the band together. Wow. And basically, i got to give a big shout out. I'm the so show, glad Peter. you called in Peter. Peter was the muse. To say, no. listen, you guys, we have to start writing original material. <laughs> you know, we've been playing, you know, yeah, you can elaborate
7: stuff. on this, Peter. You know, covers, I want yeah. to,
2: you tell the story, Peter, you tell it.
7: Well, you pretty much covered it. Um, uh, we, we found Phil, you know, me and Mark grew up together and we knew we wanted to do. And Phil came down and he was a perfect fit. We knew right away he was perfect. So it was me, Mark and Phil. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually we got Guy playing block parties and things like that because lead singers are hard to come by. They're really just a guy who sings is really hard to come by. Yeah. And uh, we got we got Guy, and we just went on from there. But uh, we're all from the kind. Of, we're all from Brooklyn, and we all knew what we wanted to do. I mean, when Phil walked in, I mean it was it was just me and Mark. One knew what we wanted to do, and we had to get a bass player. And, and Phil was there was nobody. There was nobody it wasn't necessary to look for anybody after that because Phil was perfect. And mm. we stayed together. We we were you know, we were really close. We were you know, we were really friends. We were young and we were starting out together. We were experiencing everything together and Phil, you know, got the ball rolling. I I thought that we should write some songs and Phil went into Manhattan and he started talking to people and uh, we started playing Club eighty two, Copperfields, mm-hmm. uh, Max's, uh CBGB's, Great mm-hmm. Gildersleeves. We did the whole thing and we started getting a following. Club 82 was our favorite place, and then, you know, we were approached by these jingle writers who write Coca-Cola commercials and Chevrolet commercials, and they saw some promise there, and mm. like Phil said, it they, they wasn't a good deal. They were, you know, we were young. We were stupid. We didn't get a lawyer, and uh, they took advantage of us, and, oh. and uh, you know, the rest is uh, history, but Phil went on to great do other sound. things.
4: So well, I got to tell you, he had a great sound, very very incredible rock sound. Oh, thank you. you. But also I have to give a
2: shout-out to Peter because Peter, actually, he came up with the name.
4: Oh, really? Oh Cool. Great name. Oh, yeah. Great name. Yeah.
7: Well, I can't take all the credit because uh, Mark and I were big fans of the Honeymooners, right? And we watched them even (laughs) though we've seen them all 150. Oh, the Honeymooners,
0: oh, my God. We've seen them 150,000
7: <laughs> times, and we never get tired of it. We kept watching it every night at 11:30 every night, no matter what. We won't care how many times we've seen it. You're a regular riot, Alice. And I said that to Mark. <laughs> I said that to Mark. Yeah. I said, Why don't we just call the band Riot? And when Mark I looked got at me, with that Look on I got another caller
0: calling in.
7: Oh my Hold God! Let's
0: bring this? him in. Oh, this is great. This is what big party today. Yeah. Come on. Rock party. Two, one, two. You're on the air. Is this
6: Glenn? Hi, I'm a big fan of Phil's fight. He's known me since the day I was born to his mother. <laughs> Finally, Glenn. What's happening?
0: Glenn. Hello, Hi, Glenn. Glenn. Rock and roll. Glenn's been emailing me. Glenn's been emailing me and asking me questions to ask you, Bill. And he, <laughs> and he better just call in. <laughs>
6: well, you guys <laughs> are having a great time. I'm so
0: glad.
2: Oh, yeah, it it's here. rock and roll. Well, I know not Let's see. I don't you know, want to. Don't wanna... Glenn is the rock and no, roll No, please.
0: Stay on. This is like all. This is fun, and we've extended the show. So if anybody um, wants to call in, they can call in, and uh, I have the time. Spence got the time, and Phil, yeah. I hope you do, and I hope our guests do, and uh, we're excited. Well, I remember Glenn that, was uh...
7: just well. Well, Glenn <laughs> was just a little boy at the time. He was a little baby at the time, but Aww. when I used to pick up oh. Phil. I used to pick up Phil and drive him to practice all the time because I'm the only one who drove. And uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's the early riot. I mean, it was Phil's first introduction into this. It was mine. It was Marx. We all started together. I mean, we just we got along great outside the playing, and we played. We had fun. We, it was just fun. You know, we just
3: yeah. really mm-hmm. really
7: liked each other, and that's really important. Well, that's important. But things started changing as you go down the line. You know, you start getting popular, and then some people stay. You know. Uh, um, uh, cemented and, uh, with a good foundation. Other people changed. But, you know, for, I'm just really glad that, you know, I had everything I did with Phil. I mean, because I know his wife real well. His wife uh, introduced me to her girlfriend. I mean, we just had so much fun at the early beginnings of Rye. It was our first introduction, Phil and I, and all of us into into the, uh, and, and, the rock and, and, and roll all scene. And in
2: actuality, how I met my wife was
7: she's Mark's yeah. cousin. Cousin. Oh yeah. really? Wow. You're kidding. Kim. I love Aww. that. No you <laughs> <He> love that. <laughs> a matter of fact, a matter of fact, they even hooked me up with our sister Gail once for a couple of times. Well we were old. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got give some shot. stories. And I have to give a if shout out to you guys. Five hours, if you had five hours of a show, we can keep going and go. We have so much to tell. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to take away the, the limelight from Phil or anything. Oh, I just no, want no, to no. And say, hey. Well,
2: Peter, you want but, to tell uh, them a really interesting story about Mick, uh, Mick
7: Ronson? Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh,
0: you know what? Yeah, I want to hear oh, okay. that
7: one. Yeah, I want to hear that. All right, well, all right I'll, I'll, long story short, Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nick Ronson, we heard that we, in SIR, Nick Ronson was putting together a band. Instead of going out and getting a whole bunch, taking all that time to find six, five, six guys, and what he figured, let me get a whole band all at once to back me. So mm-hmm. we went down to S I R and we auditioned for Mick Ronson. We went there, we played, wow. you know, we played, we played about an hour or so, and then we left, and we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen after that. So then Phil, what happened?
2: Well, how that all kind of came into play was Laura Kaufman approached me, um, and she said to right. me. Well, how do you feel about you know? I, I'm working with Mick Rock, and I think he was with Main Man at the time. And um, I said, yeah, well, well, we'll try, we'll give it a whirl, yeah. And we met him, and he had his manager there. And um, uh, I, but the funny, the funny thing is, prior to all of that, so I'm in my in my house in Brooklyn, and my mom yeah. answers the phone, and she says. Yeah. You know, there's this guy with an English accent. He's, he's like, you think his name is Mick something around other. So he actually called him my house. I was like, what? Mick Ronson is calling Aussie yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! So that's god, how that funny. came into play. But Laura Coffin was
7: responsible for that. Well, oh, that's a great. You story. want to tell him the story about Peter Chris?
2: Yeah.
7: Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. We, oh, we.
2: Okay, so you know, <laughs> being that I lived in Brooklyn, I. Through another friend of mine, uh, well, I'll give a shout out to Steve Wexler. He he um, lived around the corner from Peter Chris, and Peter Chris was the best kept secret. Like Steve knew Peter Chris lived around the corner, so I hounded my buddy to get me to go over to Peter Chris's apartment. Long long story short, I did. We made friends, blah blah blah. So by my being so persistent, I got Peter Chris and Lydia to come down to a rehearsal on Schenectady Avenue in Brooklyn. Meanwhile, no one was allowed down there, no friends. And we played in front of them. And then a week or two later, we were doing a gig at Club 82. They both came. And of course, wow. Peter's face was all covered up, you know, with a mask or whatever, you know,
7: a, yeah. But a the, hanky yeah, but, or whatever. but before, yeah, But the best part, the best part is, is when I drove them. Because like I said, I only drove Phil. I got a picture of I'm sitting behind the car in my 1972 Chevrolet Impala, and Phil gets out, and I got a picture of him knocking on the door, and I'm sitting <laughs> in the car waiting for Peter Chris to come out of his apartment to get into <laughs> the car, and he actually did it. <laughs> wow. That was crazy. Yeah.
2: That is really nuts. Yeah. A true so story. He, so he true came story. up to play Day Tripper. You remember this, Peter. He came up to play Day Tripper with us at Club eighty two. And yeah. I mean I all I could say is I'm sorry he broke your clutch on your hi hat.
7: He broke my clutch on my hi hat, yes.
2: <laughs>
7: <laughs> you
2: guys <laughs> are funny. funny But it was a very memorable funny? it was a very memorable e- memorable evening because it got written up in punk magazine.
7: Oh, that's yeah, and great. the funny thing that's is, great. he did it. He, it was twice. He did it twice. He came there the first time, and the second time he actually came down Mark's basement, and he brought his big bass drum. He put his bass drum. He came down twice, and he gave us a pep talk. And he said, uh, you know, you know, you guys are gonna, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to stick to it, and um, it, it, it was. You don't find stuff like that anymore. I mean, I mean, that it was just so magical. You know.
2: So, so of course, going back to the whole acquaintance thing, I would run into, you know, I would run into Peter, I would run into Gene, I would run course, into. Yeah. And Gene actually, this is a quick story. So when I was in Revolver, um, uh, Jay Mahler knew Gene because um, he was friends with this guy Steve Cornell. Steve Cornell had written some songs, I believe, on the Just to Kill album. Long story short, so Gene had come to see Revolver many times. In fact. Gene was going to produce one of Revolver's demos, but that never came to play. But Rupert Holmes uh, recorded, uh, produced some of the recordings, the early um, Revolver recordings. So that, you know, we were always in great company, whether Gene came out or whether, you know, Ace came out. So then, uh, when I was with Billy, I was always running into those guys. And I, I remember, you know, going up there for a meeting, and Gene was up there. He was like, "What are you? Wow, what are you doing here?" I said. Well, I'm working with Billy Idol. Oh, that's fantastic. So I said, yeah, well, you're going to get to see me more than you want to. <laughs> <laughs>
7: uh-huh.
0: You know, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, good for all
4: time. And you know what, Bill, So wait yeah. a minute. We I have
1: wanted, Glenn Kidd
4: there. Her have we haven't
0: heard from Glenn yet. Hold on. Hold on. That's what I was going to say. Glenn. I'm here. Oh, okay. Glenn, Glenn my dear Spencer, come on in. Glenn. Join the party. Glenn, Glenn, would you please tell everyone. Your neighbor down the street, Spencer. <laughs> would you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself besides being a beautiful singer yourself and musician oh, and okay. also well, a few other enlightening things and uh, well, well,
6: we'll leave that, that for a different time because this is this is about Phil's thing But I wanted to just call in and say support my brother of course and support you guys because you're my friends and Peter and mm-hmm. you know I have to just say that for me, Riot, which was the first band that Phil and uh, was in with Peter, of course, and the late greats Mark Reali mm-hmm. and Esperanza, they were the first concert that I actually saw in 1975. I was a little boy back then. Yes, wow. And yes, I saw them play. Not only did I see them wow. play in Mark's uh, Mark's house, but also yes. in Prospect Park. And it was my mom yep. and my sister-in-law and myself. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't remember yep. except that it was. Super loud. <laughs> but the great thing, the, the iconic picture of you guys playing on the stages, which I, I give credit to Phil that he was so generous, to, to, the side of the stage that he's playing on, on the wall is graffiti, my name, but with one N instead of two Ns. So, Thank it's an omen. so it was an
2: omen. Wow. That's
0: funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah,
2: so it was all great times. It was, you know, and, and then, of course, um, so I worked with Billy for almost three years, and of course we did American Bandstand, we did Solid Gold, we did uh, yeah. Top of the Pops, uh, mm-hmm. the old Grey Whistle Test, um, we did a lot of TV in, in uh, Europe and also in the States, and uh, American oh. Bandstand was like a highlight, but I, I really would like to, I really would like to explain how the whole White Wedding came about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's a really great story, um, so we were we did all the pre-production in the music building. Once I was in the band and we were going forward and Keith Forcey flew into New York and we started working on hole in the wall and shooting stars and dead on arrival. So we got most of this, I would say 80, 90% of the material ready. You know, I knew that we were going to tweak it once we got into the studio, but we got the bulk of the material ready. We went out to LA. um, We stayed at the sunset marquee. We went to a studio called Westlake and we, We're laying down tracks. And there was one evening where we were finished working for the day, but Billy had stayed on. This is a great story. Billy had stayed on um, just to work with Keith or whatever. And myself and Steve Missel and Steve Stevens had gone back to the uh, Sunset Marquee, and we were hanging out. And many hours later, I heard this really heavy knock at my door. I'm like, who is that? Billy came walking in to my hotel room, sat down, he had his Epiphone uh, guitar, which is like his scratch pad, you know, his idea guitar for his, all his ideas, and he played White Wedding. And he was so, uh, yeah, he had the uh, riff, he had the chords, he had the concept, he had the title. And he was going on about the story, not on in a bad way, but I was just so elated about it. Um, yeah. and I, he just jazzed me up about it. And he said, we're going to go in in the morning and we're going to cut this track early. So he proceeded to go from my room to Steve Stevens' room. And I think they worked pretty diligently through the night. So we went in, which was unusual because we never really went in that early. We went in at 11 o'clock. Well, I have to tell you, we did maybe two or three run-throughs as a rehearsal. And that song was so magical. It fell into place so much that we the basic track was done in no more than two takes. Really? Oh it wow! That happened so fast, wow. considering that was one of the songs that we met, we really it was done. It wasn't done in New York. It was something he had p- put together while he stayed behind at the studio. So that's a very, very um, to me uh, amazing story just to see Phil, how that happened. Cool! Yeah, I met Steve
4: Stevens in the Stevens video too. In, I met Steve Stevens with Billy in New York, Billy Idol. They did a thing. But uh, Mm -hmm. tell us about Steve Stevens. He's an iconic guitarist, right, Bill? Steve
2: Stevens Stevens is one of the finest guitar players. And, you know, this is just from my heart, you know. We are friends, but he's one of the finest guitar players that I've ever worked with. Not um, only is he a fine player, but he's so diversified. He can play King Crimson, Robert Fripp, um, to, you know, George Benson, to, uh, you know, I, he's just, all, you know, he, Eddie Van Halen, uh, Jeff Beck.
0: He's he incredible.
2: Anything. He's an incredible, not only is he an incredible guitar player, and he's so involved in his sound, but he's also a great arranger. He's a, he, he knows his way around the studio. You know, he knows what sounds to get for everybody. Um, he's just an all-around very diversified musician. And right. it was just, you know, I've learned so much from him in hindsight and from Billy because Billy was like, what you see is what you got. He lived right. it. He mm-hmm. breathed it. Storyteller, funny. Um, he passionate about what he did. So that was an invaluable situation to me that I, especially now in hindsight, that I've gained from the both of them that I'll have for the rest of my life. Um, wow. And, of course, working with Joan, Joan was road savvy. She knew what she liked. She knew what she did. She was, you know, she was the real deal also. Her performance on stage yeah. was strong. Tommy, mm-hmm. Ricky, I couldn't have asked for anything better in terms of, even when I went in to record with them for um, Notorious, that whole recording session was like it was like playing a live gig. You know, it was amazing. Joan yeah. is really an amazing talent, yeah incredible Great you know stories. bill i really? wanted to
0: ask you something Great stories. i want to ask you something really quick you know you were talking about the white wedding i watched the video you're in the video um when they did the video
2: no i'm not in the video
0: Isn't in the beginning i thought that was him okay no so everybody thinks the that I'm,
2: like i was the dog threat. here the tall no that's yeah. actually one of billy's friends yeah Okay. No, that's not me. Because
0: they flashed really <laughs> fast from it. I couldn't tell because he kind of had the same hair as you. Yeah. Very cool. A lot of
2: people asked me if that was me, but I was one of Billy's close friends using that. None of At that point, when when he did the video for White Wedding, um, um, I think David Mallet did that uh, video. Um, mm-hmm. He basically didn't have the band in that. You know, it was just his, it was Perry was in that, uh, Perry Lister was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his friends were in that. Um, and it was fine, you know, and it, it yeah. launched the band big time, yeah. Oh,
0: very cool. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was you or not, you know. I, I, that's why I asked. But um, very, no. very fun story. Hey, wow. listen, Holly, I want to make an announcement. I want to make
4: an announcement. Since everybody's there What's and that? listening. Uh, we're going to have the first mm-hmm. announcement of this. It's the Velvet Underground experience. will be in New York. Uh, it will be in New York October 10th, opening night, till December 18th in New York City at 718 Broadway. Judith, My myself.
3: Birthday.
4: Uh, yeah, Judith, <laughs> uh, Judith uh, myself, and Sylvia Reed have, we have between all of us, about 16 images of, for Lou Reed, Velvet Underground, Ramones, and Talking Heads in the show, which will be, it's going to be humongous. But well, we actually are doing the first radio announcement of the show. No one's done it yet. I just want to tell you.
5: Mm-hmm. So
0: I want to tell everybody oh, out cool. there it's going to be an
4: historic event, and I
0: uh, wow.
5: hope
4: everybody shows up for this.
2: Oh, I'm sure they will. Cool.
0: Yeah. I sure like that. Nice. I think I'll have to make an appearance in New York.
1: Holly, if you don't come to the opening, I'm not going
0: to I'm not <laughs> I, I mean, I have to get angels to carry me. you
4: over here. Angels literally <laughs> carry you I over will here. will be
0: there. I will be there Oh my god That's so cool December 18th That's my birthday So maybe um See? Yeah we can Okay Yeah I'm a December We'll have to all baby. make it down Glenn knows that mm-hmm. <laughs> Glenn You're so funny I love Glenn I'm so glad you. everybody called in today I really am Um this has This no is such a great show No, no, no Well we we have more to talk about. Um, what do you
7: want to cover yeah, so now, Yeah, so we're all inductees we're, we're so in into Heavy Metal Hall well, what are, game.
0: Phil,
4: what are you doing now? Let's, let's go to Phil. Yeah. What, what are you
7: okay, doing so now? What's what happening been with been your life? What are you
4: life? currently uh,
1: working on, Mr. Okay, Fight? so what I've been doing for like the last
2: <laughs> 8 to 10 years, basically, um, I've been working um, locally with the cover band. Um, my buddies, John Mino, PJ, um Rick Ventura, who is in Riot with me. Um, Oh, wow. So we've all, all the guys that are in this band with me, um, we've played individually but not collectively. So this is a cover band that we've been just playing around the tri-state area, um, Mm -hmm. doing all the deep cuts. Like, we do the Yardbirds. We do um, Alice Cooper. We do the Chesterfield Kings. We do, you know, some of the more, you know, of course we do Tom Petty and... um, that kind of stuff, but it's just—it's just—it's a great band because it's more like an original band playing covers. Right. So that's what I've been doing, and I've also been writing, tr- uh, constantly writing material, and um, my—I have my sights on doing a book, um, that con- that will go through the whole background and history of whether it was Riot, Ability, oh, all, all, all those great stories. And yeah, all it's all a great detail. idea. Great idea. Yeah, and then uh, I eventually do my own record Yeah
4: Oh, wow We'll have you on when you get that together, right, Holly? We'll have him on when he hits his
0: record together Absolutely Absolutely uh-huh. What have you, have you come up with the title for your book? Because I've got a couple ideas <laughs> For the book, no But um, <laughs> I did come up
2: with the title for the album Brace for Impact Oh, wow,
0: cool That's a good one
2: That's a good one Yep, I agree, That's Holly That's
0: a good one Mm. Yeah. So that's
2: a working title. Brace for impacts. Mm.
0: Nice. Yeah. 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 I so think that's we all i that. It... pretty much. Yeah. And and you know the occasional. And what about? And occasional... What about everybody Go else ahead. on this call? What is everybody else doing with their with their time yeah. right now?
7: Oh, I'm just playing uh, <laughs> myself. He's dancing with himself. We we no yeah <laughs> yeah just about yeah. We still play, you know. Um, it was yeah. nice mm-hmm. that they inducted us into the Heavy Metal Hall of uh, History this year. Oh, um, that was great. That was nice. Congratulations. Very good. That was nice. That was a nice – it was nice to be, you know, recognized for your contributions right. to to that's the, exactly to the right. uh, business at that time, yeah. And that was nice. Oh, uh Louis went congratulations. out.
0: Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
7: Oh, thanks. Yeah, Phil knows. Phil, Phil tell him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: well um, – it was like well Aww. long overdue and um, those in those in power of all, all this I think um, Eddie Trunk had something to do with this I I think I'm not sure yes. but we were inducted to the heavy metal Hall of Fame and it's it's a kind of a, it's really an honor to do that for the, for us to be there because Riot had influenced so many bands especially in that genre if you talk to oh, yeah. um, th- that genre of fans you know, you have a lot of people who grew up listening to Rock City, Narita, uh, Fire yeah. Down Under, especially those yeah. three records are the most iconic records. Everybody go. Oh, I love Narita, I love, you know, Fire Down Under. So those records made a big impact um, on a lot of people, and I think they made a big impact on Eddie Trunk and whomever else. And so there we are. We were inducted into the Heavy hey, Metal congratulations, Hall of Fame.
6: Guys. Congratulations. A- and also, if I may add on your behalf, Phil and Peter, that There is a new documentary that's on YouTube with you guys in it. There's three parts, and you guys are in the first part. It's called Riot, uh, Fight or Fall. And so anybody can see that on YouTube and see Phil and Peter in there in the whole history of Riot, which is really great to do. Wow. Wow. Long overdue. That is cool. Yeah, Jimmy K did it in Canada. Yeah.
7: So we got a lot of stuff going on. We got
2: a lot. We got hit. We got... It's like fragmented you know there's there's stories from the riot days that can go on for hours there's stories from Revolver can go on for hours Billy Idol go on for hours Joan Jack go on for hours Adam Bomb can go on for days (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of stories (laughs) that's a lot of
4: stories right oh yeah Yeah,
2: Yeah. and of course all the the wonderful people that worked at at Lieber Krebs and a coin so yeah we got got Mm -hmm. a lot of stories
4: I mean, i got to tell you something. You mentioned, it's been mentioned a lot on the show, but Judith and I work with Joan, you know, a lot, and we work with other groups. We work with the Scorpions, a couple other groups there. When you walked into Lieber Krebs, right, you have to describe it to people because people don't know how intense it was, right? There'd be so many people, ACDC, there'd be so many people you could meet, right, on a day if it was the right day.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, at any given point, you know, you would be up there for a meeting or um, whatever it might be, and, you know, Steven Tyler would be up there, or right. <laughs> um, Michael Bolton, because Michael Bolton was handled by Lewis Levin.
4: See, right, he, exactly. Right. David
2: had his his corral of, of acts, and then right, you right. know, Lewis had Michael Bolton and um, Paul and the you know rest of Soul. He had a band called Heaven, and he had some other things. So there was always people in and out. The greatest story that I could tell was um, David Krebs. Uh, represented Motorhead in the States. Motorhead, European Oh, really? Okay, so, it was a Friday morning. I had gone up to get paid or whatever and have a meeting and in David's office is Lemmy sitting in this like, really like, you know, grandfather chair, you know, all plush and long story short is he was to, to do several interviews, but he was not going to do the interval interviews until something arrived of the alcohol level, if you will. <laughs> so everybody had to go out fine, whatever, and then he did what he did, and he did, like, numerous amounts of interviews. So that was a, quite an interesting, like, little Situation. It was fun. It was really fun to meet him as well. He's a character, I element. Yeah, was, I mean, I I
4: worked with you know Joan a lot, five albums with her. But uh, being in that office, you know, they each you know I got turned on to David Krebs automatically. It was like, uh, you know, I'd be, our name would be mentioned to David, and David would put us in, and we work with the Victory, the group that friends with the, with the Scorpions, or you know, and and it'd be other. Uh, musicians mm-hmm. in that office that we would work with because you, it was like a whole family, right? It was it literally, mm-hmm. and and your name got around in the office. It was easy, right? Oh I yeah, mean, oh,
2: so yeah. Everybody and, knew each other.
4: But you know, it's funny. Yeah. I got a funny story. Everybody told me watch out to get paid by David Krebs. All I heard was watch out to get paid by David Krebs. You know what? What David Krebs paid me on the dime. <laughs> <laughs> never, I don't know, David know the,
2: was fine. I think that was a big, you know, I don't, I, I never had a problem with David. I never had yeah, a problem with Steve. I
4: great. never had a
2: problem with any of the, you know, anybody up there. It was, yeah,
4: exactly. You know, it was a
2: communal thing. Yeah, it was. That's fine, right. You know? That's was,
4: exactly right. But um, it was
2: fine. And, it was a great and, office. And, I mean, it's
4: historic office. It's, it's, it's. Oh yeah. To, and you had to be there to know what was going on, but there was so much action there, right? And, and you don't know who is going to come through the door, right? Any day. Exactly. And we were up there a lot. I mean, we saw so many people. Steven Tyler. Oh, we yeah. Meet. But it was like, it was crazy. And they had ACDC, right? All the groups that they handled they had was AC/DC, unreal.
2: They had Def Leopard, They yeah. had Scorpions. They had, of course, Aerosmith. They right. represented Motorhead. Um, yeah, so they had a whole corral of, you know, different acts and like you said, any at any given point you never know who you'd run into. Lemmy, Steven, Joe, you know, it was great. It was a great place. Great place. Absolutely great. Yeah. Great that's
0: so uncle. fun. That's so fun, mm-hmm. Bill, listening to the great like, stuff you and Peter and everybody's had. Oh, that's awesome. Well thank you. That's really, really thank fun. You. Yeah, yeah I know. Glenn, uh, what do you do? So let's conclude
1: Glenn, let me this, ask Glenn let's what, conclude what is
0: this with Glenn doing Wedding? Now? Glenn. Glenn said he, he wanted to wait that t- he wanted to wait till his next sh- till we do a show for another time. I already tried okay. to get him to talk. Glenn <laughs> 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 But he but is Glenn Glenn is being very cool. He said that he wanted to make the show about Phil and Peter right? yeah. and uh I want to thank Glenn for all the um Feedback. The help with this show. Yeah, you really did a good no, job. Well thank you. Know. Well, thank you. He sent well, me you. all and the stuff I needed. Blaine, you and did an A1 job. A1 well, job. Thank
6: Thanks you. a lot. And, and I have to say, And I have to say, you know, Phil, Phil is a really great songwriter because we wrote this song together about his daughter, which is my niece, a song oh, called really? Ballerina. Yeah, so oh, Phil wow. Phil came up with the uh, intro guitar riff that I'm playing on that song, which is on That's the record right. that you, right. that you designed the album right. for. Okay. So Phil Phil is a really great, Songwriter for people, you know, he's not just. A, I have to say, he's not just a great bass player. He really is a great guitar player as well. He comes up with good riffs.
4: Now listen, yeah. I designed, I designed the CD for Glenn Kid, which everybody should know. But besides that, Glenn, give a little a promo on the album that you did that I worked on. What's the name of the album?
6: Well, it's called Breathe, Love, Life, and it just has a great cast of musicians that are involved. Phil Phil is involved with the song Ballerina, and. Uh, uh, his his friend Greg Gersten, who played with him in Billy Idol, plays on the track. And Steve Lucas from Toto and Kenny Aronson, Arno Hecht. There's a lot oh, of great yeah, musicians great that played on that album. Great lineup. Yeah, I feel really honored that all these musicians were part of that record. Yeah, great great album. Great so thank album.
2: you. Oh yeah, we don't mess around, Spencer.
1: We get the best. <laughs> a very we musical family. We don't
2: for nothing less than the best. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, well, Glenn lives down the block from me, so it's, hi, how are you, bro? You, know?
6: you did a great cover for <laughs> you that know? record, so thank, oh, thank you also. Thank you very much. Thank it
0: is. you so much. It is. It's an honor, man. It's it's, still, an honor. Yeah. It's, still, it's so funny. I will, once in a while, when Spencer doesn't answer, when he wasn't answering his phone, when he was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I, I would text Glenn and I would say, Glenn. Could you go down and check on Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that.
4: That is funny, Holly. I didn't know that. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, you
0: don't know that.
4: Oh, now that's you know great. Great story. Angel. Great story. I yeah.
0: love that
2: one. Wow. You <laughs> he would.
0: He said, yeah, well, it <laughs> was, it, I tell you, it's window. been a
2: gas, you know, talking with you guys. It's great. I mean, I, I'm, oh, cool. I'm sure we'll have more, you know, to talk about. And, uh, you know, once I get the book together and you yeah, know, working on Yeah, come on, on that. man. That'd
0: be great. So well, and, and,
2: and the album, and the album, yeah,
0: sure. So sure. I want to thank everybody for listening and calling in. And if you want to hear this show afterwards, it'll be available on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media, um, Blog Talk Radio as a podcast, and it will be on demand for anyone that has the link. And uh, we want to thank everyone for listening today, and also Phil and Peter and Glenn and Spencer.
4: Um, Thank you, Holly. And oh wait a minute, I got to make here. one more announcement. I got to make oh, yeah, one because yeah. I go, saw go, just, go. I met Jesse Malin last night at Bob Gruen's interview, and I've got to do a plug for him. He's going to have a thing okay, August twenty hurry, fifth. Hurry. August twenty fifth at the Bowery Ballroom is Joe Strummer birthday bash. Uh, it's all on the Clash. Clif- mm-hmm. the Clash. It's going to be big, so I wanted to put that on the air. Yep.
2: And I'm right. another that. shout out to my my dear friend um, who who actually is friends with Jesse. My dear yep. friend Dina Regine. I have to give oh, a shout yeah, out to her great. because Dina, man. she's yeah. wonderful. She's working hard. She's got a lot of material coming about and she's doing a lot of she's different good. things yeah. and she deserves a, a, a shout out. Definitely. That's right. That's
4: right. Definitely good
2: point.
0: Well, it's Friday, everybody. Please do not. And do everybody should cry, rock when it's <laughs> <laughs> What did you say? Well, it was a I'm pleasure sorry.
2: speaking with you, Holly, um, and, and getting to know oh, you. Oh, please. And, and Spencer, well, you know. <laughs> You're the neighborhood guy. Come on. We always hang.
4: Hey, we love you guys. I I love you guys, all of you. He's
0: Mr. Rogers. He's Mr. Rogers. Oh, Spencer's (laughs) amazing. Mr. Rogers. If if Mr.
4: Rogers could be rock and roll without that stupid sweater he wears, he could wear some flesh. I'm the guy. It's not stupid.
0: I have a sweater just like that, so don't call it stupid.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Hey, it's better that he wears a sweater than he comes out in the street naked. (laughs)
0: uh, It's it's a sweater thing We all like I'm a sweater person Well, you know So Uh, again, it's Friday guys Um, There's a lot going on all over the world Um, Up here we have I just got noticed We have 15 fires burning um, Oh my god um, I'm lucky to be here on the air right now Yeah, a new one just started a couple hours ago In Healdsburg So um, we're just going to have a nice fun weekend yeah. Uh, we well, so let's all yoga. send let, let's
6: all send let's all send love to the firefighters and all the people there and, like just yep. yeah, visualize, visualize that even just visualize so that, that f- those people. fires are going out. Unbelievable. be safe yeah. there, Holly.
4: Yeah, so I, know. I worry I about I weekend. really worry about you, Holly, because every every other time I we get together or something there's a fire Fire
1: out there. I mean,
4: or, a rain storm oh, or a rainstorm or a flood. Yeah, I really feel No, but do about you. It's
0: all good. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. I'm protected. And uh, I wanted right. to say yeah. my fine again,
2: Threaded, my fine everyone, friends. thank you
0: so much. And we're going to end it with White Wedding because we all talked right. a lot about that song. And uh, this is a great song. Again, Friday, guys, have a safe one. And Don't drink and drive and be happy. Yeah. Okay. We we'll Take care, Phil
7: and Glenn.
4: Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.
0: See you guys soon. Rock and roll.
1: Rock and roll! There you go. Rock, Rock like Spike! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>